thank you for joining us. I'm Alexander Lancaster, recording at Two Wolf Studio and Artist Den for KSEF. And this is Meet the Artist. Our guest, Shannon Riley. Thank you, Shannon, for joining me. My guest tonight is, or today, whatever time you're listening, because right here on KSEF, we are on the 8s. That's something that me and my guest has in common. Shannon yeah. is on his eights on the eights on Sunday. You could listen to Shannon Shakespeare. Go ahead, Shannon and tell Shakespeare me. Shunday. Shannon it is Shunday. Yeah, yeah Shunday. Yeah. I've always noticed you said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And you got a great, a great show going on there. And I appreciate you. you being on our show, Meet the Artist. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love. Anyone who wants to promote art in what people tend to think of as an artistic oasis, I really love. You know, I, I'm very proud of Topeka. I'm very proud of the things that happen here. And I'm honored to have been asked to talk about it. Yes, that's exactly what I need, a conversation about the arts in Topeka. And you've been mm -hmm. doing some awesome stuff for quite some time here in Topeka. Uh, yeah, I'm an old man. Yes. Yes. You know, <laughs> hey, old man to old man, we have our experiences and yeah. they do come with some rewards. And I was seeing that by looking at your uh your your Shannon Riley.com. Shannon J Riley.com. Shannon J Riley. Yeah, because right. uh, Shannon Riley got by somebody else. There's there's a lot of us out there. So it's Shannon J Riley.com. You can go on there and you can see uh selections of my writings as well as short films uh, uh all the blogs uh that i've done on shannon shakespeare shunday so check it out and send me a message there i'd love to hear from people yeah you've been doing some cool stuff and i was reading too you you had your your uh your reading of voiceless uh, a play uh -huh. you wrote uh, I was able to actually go to that reading. It was oh, so you did? Awesome. How cool. I loved awesome. it. I was like, I can't wait to see this play come to life. Uh, Thank you. Oh, my God. Even just the reading was so entertaining. It was just just very well written. You're awesome on that. Well, thank you. And one thank of the you. reasons why I got to see that was because my son was in it. I don't know if you remember that, but Mikutter Lancaster yeah <laughs> i did not know that that is so cool yeah he's a me, neat kid and he's off working his butt off isn't he he is he moved to new york city and he's still following his dream in his art in his arts of acting he went to amda yeah. and uh, he's been doing plays in, up there he's he's actually have some movie credits on the imbd he's Super. doing good he's, he's making me proud well I, you know i was working with him on a play at the time uh, which was Comic Potential, which is on the stage at the theater. And I just enjoyed working with him so much. And I had this stage reading coming up of my play and this character of Donald, who is kind of this wise ass little twerp. And I thought, <laughs> wow, could he knock that out of the park? And he did. He was hilarious. He is. And you're, you're, you do, you're, you're also, you mean, Shakespeare doesn't sound like comedy that much, but you also run face, I mean, run um, laugh lines. You've been That's doing correct. that for some years as well. Yeah. I started doing improv when I was 18 years old and I've been a member of companies for many, many years. I've run some of them. Some I've just been a member. I even started a company with the acting company out in New York when I was in New York. Um, this group I have right now, which is Laugh Lines, we've been together, and this is just shocks me to think about this sometimes, but we've been together 30 years. And uh, the, the 
rotation in the company has changed over the years. There's new people coming in all the time. Uh, improv is a young man's game. You need young men and women who come in and do that. But let me tell you, it is the funniest group of people who probably need medication that I've ever met in my life. <laughs> that is awesome, for real. They are fabulous. And, you know, what's funny is when the theater <laughs> shut down during the pandemic, the last thing to perform was Laugh Lines. The yeah. only thing that performed during the shutdown was Laugh Lines in December. Wow. And the first thing that will take the stage again this June will be Laugh Lines. That's so I, I awesome. like to... I'd like to say that we're kind of the canary in the coal mine. <laughs> as yeah. long as we survive, it is safe to continue the art on that stage. <laughs> you, you're the artist director for the uh, TCT for Topeka. Yeah, I'm artistic Civic director Theater. of Topeka Civic Theater. Mm -hmm. How did you get started? Uh, it, how did you get started with your career? Um, when I was a kid, I, I did every play that was possible. Anything that could get me attention. The problem was I was a very big attention pig. If you looked at me, I didn't care if it was bad or good, <laughs> as long as you looked at me. I loved it. And so uh, I was always doing theater. I went to Iowa State University where I got my undergrad degree in speech communication slash theater, got a master's degree from UMKC in theater acting and directing. And I, I picked that school because I said it it it's an elimination program. If you're not good, only one third of the people who go to that school actually graduate. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, if I suck, somebody better tell me when I'm young so I can do something now. <laughs> so I went to this elimination program and actually graduated at the top. And, and I was having just the time of my life doing art, doing the thing that I love. And while I was there, I started doing improv. I had done improv in undergraduate. And I started this program in improv and we became the number one improv comedy company in Kansas city. Wow. And we were packing it in, just packing in crowds. We had to keep moving to new theaters because we were outgrowing the theater's capacity. So we performed in three different theaters there wow. until uh, I left and I came to Topeka. And when I came to Topeka, I thought, well, I'll just stop doing improv. That's enough. And that was ridiculous because that was never going to happen. And so I started doing improv almost right away. And since that day, it is the most consistently sold out show we do at TCT. And wow. there's no royalties. There's no costumes. There's no lights. There's no set. We're just being ridiculous on stage for two hours. And it yeah. works really well. Now, all your actors, are they all volunteers or do they get paid? Everybody's a volunteer. Nobody gets paid. Uh -huh. um, you know, there's a, when I was in graduate school, there was a very much a negative connotation to working at community theater and working with quote unquote amateurs. And to me, I always thought that was stupid because the name amateur is Greek and it comes from the term for the love of. Uh -huh. You know, I worked with equity actors all the time who were only worried about the paycheck and were watching the clock and said, nope, it's time for my break. And just absolutely very difficult to create art with because they were only worried about themselves. I have never worked with an amateur artist who didn't give their heart and soul to what they were creating. I love it. And to me, for the love of amateur was a much better way to create the art I want to do. And so the people I work with are there because they'd rather be there than anywhere else on earth. And who doesn't want to work with people like that?
Yes. I mean, I guess I'm an amateur radio show guy. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you jumped on that and I appreciate that. Like <laughs> the, the artists that you, that you do have at TCT, uh, especially when Makoto was in, in several plays and stuff that was going on, I definitely mm-hmm. had, to, I definitely went over there. I was not a big fan of like, well, I guess I wasn't a big fan because I never showed up to the show. But once I went to a show, I became a big fan of going to TCT shows. I really loved it. And one of the heartbreaks of my kid moving to New York, not only just I missed the heck out of him all the time, but also like I don't I don't go over to TCT enough. Well, this past well, year, not close. enough. Yeah, yeah, this past year, it hasn't been open enough, but we're getting ready to get get going again in June, right? We we're opening up our doors. We we're very excited that we're going to start a whole new season and and we're going to hit this again you know i don't know any arts organization anywhere let alone just here in the midwest that was not heavily impacted by the case of this pandemic absolutely um but when we were shut down and i was out of work for seven months you know and i don't think a week went by that i did not hear from somebody from our tct family saying how are you i miss you How's everything going? And it just shows the kind of family that we have fostered here. And the other thing that I think is really amazing about it is, do you know they did a survey a few years ago in Topeka and they asked several of the people in big organizations like say Security Benefit Group, Westar Energy, which is now Evergy, um, Hills Pet Nutrition, to name what makes Topeka valuable to them? The arts were number one. Yeah. Number one right. in that list. And TCT was listed among those organizations that makes retention of their employees possible. And it just proves that for every dollar spent on the arts, $7 are generated in the community. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing thing to say. That and the amazing. arts feed your life. There's an old greek proverb i don't know what it was in greek i can only do it in english but it was <laughs> um if you only have art you have everything yeah that's so beautiful that and is beautiful. it is really what my life is about is that what we are fighting for even winston churchill said during the bombing of the blitz they asked him should we shut down the theaters and the concert halls and he said then what are we fighting for wow yeah exactly so, it's, it's really the arts that give our lives balance, gives our lives meaning, and gives our lives substance. It makes yeah. us feel better. And kids like your son, who are fed by the arts, this is what they live by. And there are thousands of dollars spent every year in this community on organized sports, and very right. little spent on the arts. Exactly. And yet, it's the art in this community mm-hmm. that really feeds so many souls. It's true. It feeds so many souls and it feeds so many souls on a low budget. How do, how do we increase that budget? How do we get more people involved in what's going on? Like I said, I didn't really jump into plays until my son started doing it. But once I did, I loved it. How do we get people to have that experience? Well, you just hit the nail on the head right there is you had to go. You had to invest yourself in going. I remember I was at a restaurant several years ago and this waiter who really ruined his tip by saying this to me said, you know why <laughs> he found out 
I worked at TCT. And he said, you know why I don't go to TCT? And I said, why? And he says, well, because you only do that schlocky light stuff that people uh, like Music Man or Oklahoma. And they said, I want serious wow. art. And I said, I see. Well, we just did Les Miserables. This is several years ago. Did yeah, you, I remember did that. Did you go see that? And he said, no, I, I didn't. I didn't have time. And I said, then you're the problem. It's not me. It's not my organization. It's you. You have to invest yourself in taking the time. I can think of a thousand nights I had at home sitting on my couch watching television, but I can't remember what I saw. Yeah. I can remember every night I spent in a theater. I can remember it vividly, fed my soul, made my life better, made me better, let me feel empathy, grew me as a person. Preach. I can't say that about a darn thing I've ever seen on television. Oh. So there is, there, there's a saying I like to say all the time is that um, uh, theater is art, dance is life, and television is furniture. Wow. You got me all captured in your words. I was just, I didn't know you was going to stop there. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. You know, it reminds me of a, a on my first studio I had in Noto um, and on my profile, even my, my thing says, uh, if nothing else, believe in the arts. And I, I think yeah. like we're on the same page there. Arts has such a, you know, a way of being able to make life better. Um, and people always ask me to, they're like, do you do this as a full-time job you actually make money from your arts because so many people are kind of afraid to take that adventure or take that risk well, do you do this scary. as a full-time job is this your full-time job this is my full-time job yes and for the last seven months when i was unemployed it was a very painful full-time job yeah yeah I, uh, I was doing things nonetheless during that time that was art related I just mm -hmm. wasn't being compensated for them. And that was a lot like my youth. I, I totally understood what that was. Um, but I think we as a people hunger for that kind of experience and that chance to explore other people's thoughts and minds through a painting, through a dance, through a, a, a theater experience. There is a great lesson that can be learned in sport yeah. of fighting for complete dominance of being in charge of winning and, yeah. and the cost of uh -huh. teamwork. It's wonderful. But you know, in theater, everybody gets a curtain call. Yeah. There's no losing team. And what is most learned, and this is a true discovery that was done by NYU. They did a, a test of children who had not experienced the arts at all. And children who had even modicum experience of arts and those who had a great deal of experience of arts. And they found that the ch children that had more experience with the arts had a greater sense of empathy. They did not view other people as the enemy, the opponent, the opposite team. The people who had art experience, the children who had art experience viewed people as fellow humans. They viewed them with empathy. And they worried about their success, their failure, and their accomplishments. And I could see this even in my own child, with my son, who's much older now. But my son was very young. I put him in soccer. And at one point, they put him in as a goalie. And he kept stepping to the side and letting the ball roll past him. When I knew he could stop it. And the coach was so angry and finally pulled him out of it. And I went up to my son and I said, Finn, why didn't you stop the ball? 
And he said, looked at me and he said, it was their turn, daddy. Wow. I was just filled with absolute pride as opposed to what other people might have felt. He had just this deep sense of empathy that it was someone else's turn to succeed. Wouldn't that be great if every child had that feeling, every adult had that feeling? It's not poetic, but the nut doesn't fall far from the tree. So you must have taught him a lot. Well, I got a lot of falling nuts. <laughs> so where did it come from with you? Where did you find your love of the arts? Um, where did it come uh, well, from? I was a, a very small boy. I grew up in northern Iowa. This next sentence is probably going to blow your mind. I am the sixteenth of seventeen children. Wow! Yeah, mind blown. All born, all born one at a time from the same two people. Long marriage. My father uh-huh. died when I was six years old, uh-huh. uh, and I was raised by my mother and my sisters. Uh-huh. And I had six brothers. But they were very much raised by my dad. And so they were very different than me. I was raised very much by my sisters. So I had a much louder experience as a child and much more of a carefree and artistic bent. And there was nothing for me to do in a small town in Iowa. Nothing. I didn't like baseball. I didn't like football. I didn't like any of it. And I was small. I was a very small kid. But there was a community theater. And my wow. mother took me to that community theater. And we watched a show. And I said, I want to do that. And she said, then let's do it. And she made it possible for me to audition. I got in. This community theater only did one show a year. But I didn't miss a single one of those mothers. That's I was in a awesome. mall. And the experience of doing that, of being able to express myself, without fear of rejection, without fear of being made fun of for my desire to be on stage was absolutely liberating. And this is what I see today. When I'm at the theater, I see these kids who this is their life. This is where they feel safest, welcomed. Uh, They feel secure. And I I remember, this is a fun story. I remember it was May. And this is a few years ago, we had started doing academies, summer theater academies. And these two little girls were leaving a summer class late May. We had classes after school and they were leaving this class and I was heading to my car and I had had a shitty day. I don't, I shouldn't have said that word, but I just had a really lousy day. And I'm walking in my car and I'm mad at myself and I'm mad about the world. And these two little girls are in front of me and I'm barely paying any attention to them. And then I heard one of the girls say, school's almost out and the other girl says i know then i can be in this building every day wow and i just stopped it was like this cold water washed over me and i realized you lucky sob you're working at a place where people just want to be for free you're there every day suck it up buttercup let this go (laughs) and i it was an amazing teaching experience that these two little girls taught me. And um, this is what I see with the kids. And you know what, TCT and Helen Hocker, which we now run Helen Hocker, these camps, they work with kids. I mean, when I was a kid, I only knew the kids I went to school with or lived in my neighborhood. 
Right. These kids work with kids from all over the city. They want the common social goal. economic background, mm-hmm. but to a common goal to create yeah. an art piece together where yeah. everybody gets to bow and everybody is recognized for sharing their experience. Yeah. That's glorious. And but Helen Hawker's getting something better. Helen Hawker's getting started back up soon too, right? Oh yeah, you bet. We're starting starting at the same time. You know, oh, cool. Helen Hawker is not a, a side story for TCT. Right. It is very much a partner. An we extension. are side by side. Yeah. We, we are supporting each other. And I couldn't be prouder of the team we have over there at Helen Hawker or prouder of the material that they create. It is truly remarkable. For the people, and, that, know, for the people that don't know the difference, give a little bit of difference about which what, what happens different at, at Helen Hawker compared to uh, sure. Um, the theater. Helen Hawker was started as theater in the park and it uh, uh, started in the 70s over there. And by that, that time, TCT started in 1936. Yeah. It was a very, very old organization. So Helen Hawker started in the 70s. And, um, and for a while, there was sort of an animosity that existed between Helen Hawker and TCT, which I don't understand. I've always believed that the more people experience art, the more people want to experience art more so, so it becomes it competition like sports <laughs> there's there's yeah there's no such thing right the more uh-huh. see theater the more they want to see theater right so all theaters should band together and support all theaters all arts organizations should band together and support all arts organizations yeah and so when i came to topeka which was back in 1990 i don't think you were born yet well i appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) but i uh i came to the theater and started working in 1990 and one of the first things i started doing is attending every single theater event washburn university helen hawker high schools i went to everything i was a single man at the time with no kids so it was easier to do yeah but i went to everything and i would hear all the time at these theaters why are you here and i would say i want to support you I want to see what you're doing. I'm excited about it. And it kind of shocked people. Yeah. But now that's the norm that, that the arts organizations are hand in hand. I work every year with Ballet Midwest. Yeah. I work every year with the symphony. I work every year with any organization that reaches out. When you put on Facebook today and said you were looking for someone to come on the show, I, know, I jumped on it because the that. more we can all be a team and be together, the better this this city is and who it's doesn't true. want that it is true I, I mean i said it in my last show i'll say it again in this show maybe i could drive it home but i say all the time i'm just a feather and sure i the wind could take me in all kinds of directions i don't have to land i could still fly around but i, I have direction and i have the way to do it if we come together and become a wing and become you know Instead of just being an independent feather, we surely can make a difference with the, uh, as wings and taking flight. And Absolutely. Stuff. So I didn't describe it as good this time, but you understand <laughs> where I'm going. <laughs> no, I totally understand. And, and also for your listening listeners who are out there, if you haven't seen a live event, a dance, a theater, yeah. a, a, anything, a symphony, then don't feel bad. It's okay. There's more coming. Go. Go, Go. see it go experience it because if you don't go to a museum if you don't go to a ballet if you don't go to a symphony or a theater event you're only robbing yourself that's true your soul go and do these things 
you're only going to come out better. It's true. I mean, I feel like uh, I'm a better person after seeing what we're doing here with the with the arts of acting and, and oh, the yeah. theater and stuff here in Topeka. Like I, I really did when I moved to Topeka, I spent a lot more time focused on my visual arts. And, and then when my son started getting into acting, then I started actually getting involved as far as seeing it and, and supporting sure. it in that way. And yes, it's beautiful. I don't, I don't know if people really in Topeka realize that we have that outlet. We have that way um, for yeah. people to participate. You know, what I find amazing is the number of people who I've talked to who have left Topeka, gone somewhere else and come back and said, I didn't know what we had. Yeah. I didn't know what great wealth I could have enjoyed. Yeah, right. right. I had I, my interview last week was with uh, Chris Bilsma and he never acted. He's, he was from Topeka. He went to high school here and stuff. And then he moved away and he started acting. And I asked him about like things in Topeka and he's like, I didn't even know you guys were doing that. Like, yeah, I go back there all the time and visit my family. I know Noda is popping, but I didn't know that other stuff is happening. So, yeah. You know, one of my missions on this on this show is to like get people to start going out and adventuring. Go see a play at TCT. Go oh, yeah. come downtown. Go to Jayhawk. Go to all these different things that are really there's a lot of happening here in Topeka. But how can oh, I, I can't tell, tell you? Like, yeah, you tell you tell me. How can we we drive the home, drive that home with people? We just got to keep saying it. We just got to keep saying it. The, the the people who I know who really appreciate Topeka have lived somewhere else came from somewhere else. I didn't move to Topeka until I was out of graduate school. I think this is a fantastic community. I'm very proud of what this city is. And I am I am amazed when people say, there's nothing to do in Topeka. I can't go <laughs> yeah. do all the things I want to do in Topeka. It's just right. not possible. Right. And I remember there, there's been multiple times where I've had this conversation after a Laugh Line show, people who come up to me and say, where are you guys from? Right here, buddy right here yeah. we, we live among you and they have no idea yeah so and the other thing is get out and explore a, it yeah. a leveling field people on my stage doing a show i want to have doctors dancing next to people who work at a car wash yeah, yeah. I, I will have uh people who are the top of what we consider high society dancing alongside of those people who do nails and who just work a blue collar job, but it's equal. We're yeah. all equal. Yeah. We're creating this art together. And it is, it is really a, a magnificent time. I often joke, my son usually hates this too, but I often joke that I am the lucky one because I work with the most creative people in Northeast Kansas and they have to do what I say. <laughs> well, i'm but, lucky with you uh, except that I, don't, I don't direct i i do get to work <laughs> with some awesome artists here in yeah Africa. we definitely have a lot of them and i think a lot of people don't realize how many talented people are here in topeka and how much of their own talent that they just kind of put away and go i have to I have to go work i have to go do this i don't have time to follow this sure. this hobby or this dream but TCT you and know, Helen but, Hawker, I mean, auditions, there's open auditions for these oh, things, Oh, completely. Right? We have auditions coming up this weekend, actually, for Music Man, for 
children and adults. It's going to be our first show opening back up again. And we have auditions May 15th and 16th. And we'd love to see a thousand people there. And, and what I was was what I was trying to say was that I, I get to tell them what to say. But in all honesty, I learn from everybody on every show we do. Uh, if, if a show opens and it's exactly how I envisioned it, I did something wrong. You need to learn how to listen to the other artist and let them make it better. Yeah. And it's the directors who want it to be all about themselves that fail. It's the directors yeah. who say, I hear you. Let's try that. What you just yeah. said is pretty cool. Let's follow that idea. Those are the ones that I really respect. Yeah. So anybody could, like, they can audition for some well, of these open shows. You bet. Um, we have open auditions for that, uh, May 15th and 16th. We also have auditions coming up for the Bathhouse Players, which is over at Helen Hocker, all mm -hmm. high school age kids. We've got mm -hmm. two wonderful shows we're going to be doing there. Uh, we're going to do Pride and Prejudice, and we're going to do Star Mites. We have a youth show coming up for the little ones at TCT. We're going to be doing Dr. Do uh, Doolittle Jr. But the one thing, even beyond all that, which is exciting, we are going to start in September with another full season of TCT. We're not shutting down again. Right on. We're going yeah. forward. We're doing the show. I, I think we did what we needed to do. I think this last year was scary, scary, scary. And uh, I know many people who were affected by it in a very profound way. So I don't want to minimize it. I don't want to say it wasn't a bad thing, this pandemic, but it is time to put our lives back together. It is it time is. to move forward. It and it is time to enjoy all of those things that make life worth living. Yeah, it's the healthy side of life, for sure. Right. Right. I want. I want to. I want to continue with that question of like. So, if one of our listeners has a kid that they are like, I'd like to get him an acting. I just don't know how to do it. I hear about this open audition, but is there a fee? Is there a process? Do no they fee. have to have some classes? So, no fee. so we have we have fees for camps, of course, because it's mm -hmm. an uh, yeah. education program during the day, both at Helen Hocker and at TCT, but. To audition for any of our shows, there's no fee. And there's a, and I have had people who have never done anything before who walked out with a brilliant role just because mm -hmm. we could see they deserve that shot. Uh -huh. They could do it. Um, so we have people of great experience. We have people of no experience. Yeah. But here's the other thing, too, that is really cool. And, you know, I've worked at a lot of different theaters across the nation. I've worked in New York. I've worked in Minneapolis. I've worked in Kansas City. I've worked a lot of Dallas, Texas. I've worked all over. Topeka is the only place I've ever seen this, where people come in to audition, and when they give a good audition, everybody watching it, even the people who want the role they audition for, applaud them. Yeah. They say, that was great. That was amazing. Wow. It is the most supportive experience I've ever seen. I remember the first show I directed at TCT way back in 1990. And I was living in Kansas City at the time. And I was driving over to direct the show. And I was living with two actors at the time. We were sharing an apartment. And I came home and they said, what was that like? It must have been horrible. And I said, it was the most amazing thing I've ever experienced in my life. Everybody supported each other. You just don't see this in yeah. other theaters. But everybody supported each other. I mean, and when the yeah. cast list came yeah. out, the people who lost out on roles 
were the first people to call the people who got the role to say, congratulations. Yeah. That just yeah. doesn't exist anywhere else. I mean, that's what I have experienced in Topeka is the mad support for the arts. And like you keep yeah. you keep saying, it is true. Uh, there is there is an awesome support for the arts in, in this town for sure. Yeah, and you can have all kinds of negative addictions in your life. Things that just heat up your time. The arts are the best addiction right. you can hope for because they're only going to feed your soul. I've never right. known anyone who said, I did a show and now I'm just a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and my daughter and my son too, but my daughter particularly, she's very involved in ballet. And one day they contacted me and they said, we need you to perform in the ballet. Would you be willing to do this? <laughs> and I said, oh my God, have you seen me dance? My wife even called them and said, you, you don't know what you're talking about. This man can walk into an <laughs> elevator and fall down. <laughs> And, but I went to my daughter and I said, they want me to perform in your ballet with you. What do you think? And she held my hand. She was six years old and she held my hand and she said, please do it, daddy. Uh -huh. To this day, I have done the ballet every Christmas, every year. That's and awesome. I suck. <laughs> I have <laughs> no right. To be are on you that stage. are you in the Nutcracker yeah, or something? It. I'm in the Nutcracker. I, I do. I play Drosselmeyer. Since you said Christmas, I was like, uh, I'm gonna have to guess at it. But yeah, I do. I do the Nutcracker every year with Ballet Midwest, and I started doing it with my kids. And you know, they are all not not just my kids. Everybody there are so supportive of me and supportive yeah. of what I do. But Heck it yeah. also shows just this fostering of the arts. Reaching across to the ballet, I've done several shows with the symphony, uh, symphony here in town where I provided actors to accompany their music. They did a series of Shakespeare um, pieces that I then provided actors who did the um, soliloquies that went with the pieces. Wow. Um, and I remember one year, I really hope we do this again too soon, but I did Peter and the Wolf with a symphony and provided all the actors and dancers who danced with Peter and the Wolf. And I've never seen so many little kids. It was like they were at a Beatles concert. They were jumping up out of their chairs, screaming, yelling, and could not wait to meet the actors after the show in the lobby. And, wow. you know, when the arts come together to support each other, we're a force to be reckoned with. We own this town. And we need to be more willing to support each other and make sure that we all succeed. I, I totally agree. And I really, I mean, I want to drive that home. You could take your kid to the park and enjoy a good time and have a memory, but you take your kid to an audition and, you know, that's going to be a memory that you're not going to forget and they are not going to forget mm -hmm. and they're going to become part of the arts. And so yeah. that support well, is, as a is, parent is a good way to go. <laughs> right. That's because we're building the future of the arts right now, aren't we? Right. We are. I do want to caution. If you're taking your child to an audition, and I do this with my own kids when they were little, let them want to be in it. <laughs> you, they got to want to do it. And the second thing is, you got to prepare them in case they can't get in it. Uh -huh. The last thing you want to do is not prepare them for the possibility that they may not be cast. I've mm -hmm. had little kids, adorable as possible, that don't get in until the third or fourth try. Yeah, but there you also, you also that happens. I mean, you also kind of prepare your kids when they're you're getting them in a baseball team that maybe they're exactly. not going to win the championship. So right. it's a similar you just, you preparation. Just have 
you have to do that preparation. I've, and I've run into parents who have not done that preparation. And, and that's too bad because it's a, a crime for that child. But at the most, this is the other thing that I think is really cool. I have people who their whole families auditioned to do in a show because it's what they're going to do for the summer or it's what they're going to do for the holiday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mom and dad are going to work backstage. We got it scheduled. Stage. Yeah, <laughs> it's all planned out. Yeah. And it's really cool. And, and these are people who are doing it for the love of it. They are doing it because they are the true amateur, which I mean that in the best possible way. And I'm going to say, like, Mikota, when he didn't get a uh, role, he was working the lights or he was helping with the sound or he was yeah. helping with the set. I mean, he stayed involved, which I think was really important when he yes, moved to New York. There's a lesson behind all of it. Yeah, when he moved to New York, he had to do some of the similar stuff, but he still was able to succeed. I mean, he, was, he did stand yes. up. He did stand up a couple of times in New York, man. That was pretty cool. Like I, I got to hear pretty it. Ballsy. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty ballsy. And he, yeah. he he did a um, he did a a couple of awesome things there, and just I think that you know his experience here had a lot to do with his confidence there, and mm-hmm. you know I know that he loves to support, but he also loves to feel like as an actor he also likes to feel like his effort is what's getting him there, not yeah. the support, you know. So sometimes yeah. that that also happens with uh, with actors too. But it's the love of it. And he got there from doing those other things like, okay, I didn't get a role, but I'm doing, I'm now I'm helping yeah. the stage. It's the love. Yeah, of I it. have a he very was, good friend yeah. of mine who teaches acting in New York. And one of her rules or tenets of uh, being her student is you have to get seven no's a week. It doesn't matter if your first wow. audition was a yes, you still have to go get seven no's. Wow. And she does that because you can just build up this skin yeah. on you. That doesn't take that no personally because you're going to hear no. You're going to hear no. And uh, she says, great. I'm glad you got cast in the show. I still need seven no's this week. That is, that's an awesome technique. I love it. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's, I mean, that's similar to what, how my, my, my career went really is that (laughs) like I started showing my art really from YouTube videos on how to create my art. And, and I would get like these negative, these people that are like, you oh. take way long. You don't do this, blah, blah, blah. You put too much paint. Yeah, and they would just sucks. not hold anything <laughs> back, you know? And so when I went rented my first studio, my skin felt like it was thick enough to take on anybody's criticism. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a big, important part of it. If you, if you yeah. want to do it, you, you definitely got to be able to, yeah. like you said, like make sure your kid's ready to hear a no in fact and you know make sure your kid's ready to hear seven no's (laughs) in in some sense right and you really have to explore in the arts to find out what is that place that medium where i belong i i I tell you i was an actor for many years i made money as an actor i was working as a professional actor i hated it i just really did but becoming a director and starting working on that side of it really fed my soul I never would have known it had I not tried it, had I not experienced it the first time. So it's those people, it's like, it's like an artist, I think, who discovers watercolor, but then does oil and thinks, oh, this is where I belong, or then sculpts. Or, uh, so there, there are so many 
levels of art and so many different places to express yourself. Sometimes you got to try a bunch of them before you find this is where my voice is. This yeah. is where I breathe. And this is what makes me who I am. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I think that is very relevant to me too. Like I started out as a visual artist to create paintings and, and sell them. And now I have an artist collective and an artist gallery and on this radio yeah. show. <laughs> and yeah. Like, I don't know how I ended up being here except for the path and the love of the arts is like, it's brought me to this place and I'm, I'm finding myself. And that's a lot of times yeah. what happens with the arts. And I see that in you as well. You found yourself. Yeah. I, I remember when I was a 10 year old boy and my mother read constantly. She had, uh, we had a lot of kids in our house, but every time a kid moved out, she turned their room into the library. There are books everywhere. Just, she read constantly. And the worst thing you could say to my mother was I'm bored because the minute she said you're bored, she took you in the library and put a book in your hand and walked away. She just didn't tolerate that phrase. And one day I made the mistake of saying, I'm bored. And she said, <laughs> fine. And she walked me into the library and said, pick out a book. And to teach her a lesson, I picked out the fattest book I could find. And that book happened to be the complete works of William Shakespeare. Wow. And she turned and walked out of the room and I sat down and I opened it up and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Wow. I couldn't believe the language. I was like, who writes like this? Who talks like this? This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And I was quiet for 10 minutes, which as a child was very odd for me. So my mother thought I was dead. And she came back in the room and she said, are you okay? And I said, what is this? And she says, that's Shakespeare. And I said, this is really cool. She goes, well, if you like, there's a Shakespeare. At that time, there was a Shakespeare play premiering on PBS every Sunday night um, through the BBC. And she said, there's a show every Sunday night at the BBC. We could watch Shakespeare together. And coming from a huge family, alone time with your mom was like gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I said, yes, yes, let's do that. And the very first show we watched was Julius Caesar. And I felt mad in love with everything we said. And there was a phrase, I'll never forget this phrase, where they find Brutus dead. And two senators come upon Brutus. And one of them says, there, li there lies Brutus. And another senator grabs him and says, no, he lies like not that of the living. And I thought, what a cool way to say there's a dead guy. He <laughs> lies yeah. like not that of the living. And it just blew my mind. And after that, every Sunday night, with my mom or not, I was watching these Shakespeare plays. And wow. it was a lifelong love for me after that point where really? Shakespeare really spoke a language to me. I, I don't always understand it. Why should I? The language is over 400 years old, yeah. but it makes me want to understand what is said. And when it's spoken correctly and spoken confidently, you can drive people to tears and uh -huh. huge laughter. And, and that's what started my love of Shakespeare, why I do Shannon Shakespeare Sunday every Sunday. I was and here you are doing Shannon Shakespeare Shunday. That's Had to correct. emphasize that. <laughs> the Shunday. Uh, ben, Shunday, everybody likes alliteration, don't they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and here you are doing that, and I love it. I, I've listened to it myself. That You have a very special way of reading things. Uh, you don't have the whistle in my mouth I just had, but you have a very special way of reading things. 
And would you be prepared to like say a few lines the way you would say it on your show? Well, I'll give you my favorite quote. And okay. this is a, a, okay. a quote that um, is from The Tempest, which was Shakespeare's final solo play. He went on to write a few more plays with another man by the name of John Fletcher. But this is a play that he wrote when it's believed he might have known he was dying. We don't know what he died of. It could have been cancer. It could have been a lot of things. But he was obviously slowing down. Mm -hmm. And he thought he was retiring for good. And he wrote this play, The Tempest, which was about a ma um, magician who was trapped on this island who discovered the magic of art. And he drowns his books. He says, I will no longer practice my magic. I will now allow myself to disappear into obscurity. And so it's a very personal statement that Shakespeare is making with this play that I'm done, I want to go away now. But he gives this quote, and this quote is often misquoted, but I'm gonna give you the right quote, okay. but I think it's my favorite. And he says, when he's talking about people, he says, we are such stuff that dreams are made of, and our life is rounded with but a little sleep. Wow. We are the things that could be anything we want to be. And we come from nothing and return from nothing. But what we do in the middle, that is humanity. Beautiful. That is beautiful. That is very beautiful. Our listeners got to realize that we have some awesome talents. And thank you, yeah, sir, awesome. for being part of that. And you are no, an awesome you. talent here in Topeka. Topeka is blessed to have you around, to have no, your love fine. for the arts. Uh, just like I was talking about with a feather and a wing, you are part of that feather that's helping making an awesome wing here in Topeka. For oh, the arts. Well, thank and you. I appreciate and, it so much. Thank you for having me on. Anytime you are low on a guest, give me a call. This was uh, a, a treat, a real, real treat. It was a treat for me as well, sir. I appreciate it so much. I really do. All right. All right. Thank well, you. Thank you. I'm Alexander Lancaster, Shana Shakespeare. Shana Shunday. Shunday. Shana and Shakespeare Shunday. Every Sunday on the 8th on KSEF Digital Radio, 785live.com. That's right. Thank you so much, sir. We're out of here. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>